you know, as I, I share with you a, a few uh, moments of the Word of God, uh, you know, I, I close this service. Wasn't that comforting to you that I'm saying as I close this service, think, ooh, this is going to be short, and it will be. Normally, I, I come on Sunday morning and uh, come up here and probably go for about 35 minutes, and I really do speak toward the power to overcome things in our life as believers. But in a service like this, I realize that not everybody's on the same page, and I want to relate what all this has to do with our faith in Jesus Christ. First of all, the Bible says, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And we are thankful for our freedom. I was just uh, thinking just a few moments ago that if you were to study all of history of mankind, you would find that most of the people that have ever lived have lived under bondage, some sort of political bondage in their life. When we think there's a right that we have for freedom, well, maybe it is a right, but if it is a right, then most people have never experienced it. And so instead of looking at it as just a right, maybe we should look at it really as a privilege and be thankful for the political freedom that we have. But not only do we have political freedom, but we need inner freedom or spiritual freedom as well. There are many people in our nation that are living in political freedom, and I'm sure you feel politically or in a nationwide type of sense free. But how many people are under personal bondage? Bondage of depression, bondage of alcohol, bondage of drugs, bondage of uh, maybe pornography, just bondage uh, of just simply emotional things that are going on in their life, maybe bondage into worry. And so how do you get free from this type of bondage? Why are we there? Why can't we live in kind of some kind of spiritual freedom the way that we feel like we should? There's something missing. Maybe you even go to church, maybe here, maybe someone, somewhere else, and you think, you know, I worship God, I even read the Bible sometimes, and I hang around with other Christian believers, but is there something more here? There must be something that I'm really missing. Well, I want to read from John chapter 8. For those of you who have your Bibles, you can turn there, but I'm going to read this to you. In John chapter 8, Jesus addresses this inner bondage when he says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, so these were believers, If you abide in my word and truly be my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, speaking about their Jewish heritage, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, and this is kind of emphasis, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So let's look at this as it relates kind of to our nation as well as our personal freedom as well. We, first of all, we had a need, and we, we do face a dilemma in our own personal life, and that, that is that we're sinners and separated from God. Now, in our political sense, you saw just a few moments ago on the video how we had to declare ourselves free from England. We were in bondage there, taxation without representation. We didn't have any of the freedoms that we enjoy, to, many of the freedoms that we enjoy today, and so we needed a rescuing. Well, the Bible tells us that spiritually speaking, the very moment that Adam sinned against God, we then inherited along the generations a sin nature in, in Adam. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Now, if you think about bondage for just a moment, I, I love the illustration 
about the, uh, that Charles Spurgeon told way back 150 years ago. And uh, the illustration goes like this. The king comes and calls a blacksmith to, in his presence. And the blacksmith said, what, what would you like, sire? And he said, I want you to go out and make me a very, very big, heavy chain, big links. And so he goes out and he, makes, he comes back. He's got a long chain. He says, go out and double it again. So he goes out and he comes back and he says, go out and double it again. And it was so big that he had to have people to help him carry it in before the king. And so the king looked at him and smiled and said, looked at his other subjects and said, now bind the man with the chain that he made for himself. You know, the king in that illustration is the devil. And he says, go out and do more and more and more and more. And then you find yourself bound with the chain. When we look at addictions in our life, and habits in our life, and things that we shouldn't be doing, and things that we wish you could have victory over, it really illustrates, doesn't it, how what sin does to the mind and the body. It enslaves us, causing us to do things that we don't want to do. And the results of that, of course, is that I enjoy my freedom, you enjoy your freedom, but I don't always enjoy your freedom. I don't, when I say you, I mean in general, the general population. Sometimes their freedom infringes upon my freedom. Sometimes they go through schools and kill people. Sometimes they beat up people on the street. Sometimes they enslave people in, in, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, the sex rings around the world. Sometimes they enslave people in drugs and push those drugs even among kids. They are, they are free to do that as long as the law doesn't catch them. But I don't enjoy those type of freedoms. Why? Because freedom mixed with sin is going to always come back to haunt us, but also come back to haunt us through other people. So what's the solution? Well, in our nation, the price, a price was required. You heard just a few moments ago, let me read the entire declaration of, of what um, um, Richard Henry Lee stood and said in Philadelphia in 1976. He says that these United Colonies are of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. Now, the declaration was made. The die was cast, but they had to fight for it. They not only had to fight for it then, but they continue, we continue when called upon, to have to fight for these things. Look, look at these statistics of the people who have died at war. In the Revolutionary War, 8,887 8 rather died. Civil War, 620,000 people. World War I, 117,000. World War II, 405,000. Korean War, 36,000. Vietnam War, 58,000. Persian Gulf War, 383. Iraq War, 4,200. And Afghan War, 2,321 so far. These people sacrificed something. They had to pay a price for our freedom, and they continue to pay a price for freedom around the world. The difference between what Jesus did, of course, and what our soldiers have done, first of all, they did something to give us political freedom, physical freedom. Jesus has done something to give us something eter of eternal freedom, and that is spiritual on the inside. The other difference is we have to keep on fighting for our freedom. But Jesus paid the price for us once and for all. How did he do that? The Bible says God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says the life of the flesh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Scientists, did, you know, a couple hundred years ago didn't believe that, but they believe it now. You lose your blood and you lose your life. 
And so the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So when Jesus was up on the cross and the blood was coming down his brow and his hands and his feet, that was, that was life being poured out for us. That was dying for a cause. Because God looked, the Father looked down from heaven and said that was enough to forgive your sins and the sins of everyone else that has ever or will ever live here in the future, will ever live, many who have died already in the past. Anyone who comes to the cross and receives Christ can get spiritual freedom in their life. Now, you and I, when we think about the story of Jesus Christ, many of you here are saying, well, uh, you know, I've been saved from the penalty of sin, but I still struggle. Here's the secret. The Bible says salvation really comes in three ways, three different segments. One, the very moment that you and I receive Christ, we are forgiven for our sins. We're saved from the penalty of our sin. Then as we live our Christian life, because the Spirit of God lives within us, we can be saved and are being saved from the power of sin in our life. I have the capacity. I really have the power and capacity, and every Christian does, to overcome the sinful habits and the hang-ups that we have in life. And then finally, what they call glorification, what the Bible calls glorification, one day when we get to heaven, we'll be saved from the very presence of sin. Nothing will be around us that's sinful. And so when we look, we ask ourselves the question then, how do you receive Christ? Many of our uh, Christian faiths, and some maybe not so Christian, would say, well, I believe that we're sinners. I believe that we die, uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross. We share those things in common. But how does a person receive Christ? And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the children of God. And, and I don't want to make it too simple, but yet the Bible makes it simple, enough for a five, six, seven-year-old at least could understand it, could at least grasp it a little bit. And that is, it's all by grace. It's not something that we work for. The Bible says this, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any person should brag about it, boast. You know, I, I could get to heaven, if I could get saved on my own, I could get to heaven and say, God, I didn't need you. I didn't need a rescue. I didn't need a savior. I didn't need any, you know, if we're going to apply it to America, soldiers to go out there and win my freedom. I have my own way of winning my freedom. You know, I have my own way of winning my political freedom. No, it's just, we imagine religion as being like a room like this with many doors. And Jesus said, there is no door. We're sinners and separated from God. And we've all come short. I've come short, you've come short. When you think of anything that you do wrong is a sin. Anytime you fail to do something you ought to do is a sin. And any time you think on something too long, that can become a sin as well. Boy, we, we just do this every day. It's just a habit in our life. It has got us in, into bondage, and we don't even hardly know it. And so what is the way? Now, I know that you may be sincere this morning, and you say, well, I think this is the way, and I'm very sincere, and I'm, I think this is the way, and I, I'm sincere. Let me tell you a story. My... my middle child, my youngest son, is uh, living in England. And uh, at first, when he went over there, he lived in Scotland. He went to a school up in Scotland, um, and so uh, St. Andrews. And so we had to land in, Pam and I had to land in London and take a six-hour train ride up to Scotland, up to St. Andrews. 
And so the first time we, we did it, uh, we didn't realize the trains, uh, they have personal seats that you have to sit in. It's, you know, you have to put all your luggage in the same place. Even though it's a beautiful ride, it's kind of stressful. And so I was very sincere in watching the luggage, watching all the trains we had to get on and get on this one and train, change uh, to go a different direction. And so, uh, the, unfortunately, things were not on, you know, there was nothing labeled, like this one's going here, this one's going to St. Andrews. And so we were sort of having to ask questions. I'd get off one train, I'd ask questions. Well, I was busy asking the question, and a train pulled up right on time. Well, so far, so good. Every train that we've caught has been on time. And so I, I grabbed the luggage, I said, this is it. And she said, and Pam says, well, I, I'm not sure. And I get on, and immediately the doors close, and I said, where do you want to sit? <clears throat> no answer. <laughs> and I turn around, the doors are closed, I'm trying to get them back open, and the train's pulling off with Pam right there on the sidewalk. <laughs> now I'm telling you something, I'm thinking, why didn't she get on? You know, this obviously is the right train. I was very sincere. But then I found out within 30 seconds, I was on the wrong train. And um, my wife eventually got on the right train. I have to throw that out. I don't want to throw that out. I don't want to tell you that. But she did get on the right train and beat, us, uh, beat me to the, to the place where we were going to see our kids and grandkids at home. And so, uh, but I was sincere. No one was more sincere than I was, but I was on the wrong train. So the Bible says we're sinners separated from God. We must need, a, we have to have a Savior. We have to have, be rescued. And the way to do that is not by works, not by anything that we do. It's a gift. What a religion. Who would ever thought something like this up? That it would be all be free. Free gift of God. How do you get it? The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What about you? Where are you today? Wouldn't you like to be, throw your thoughts maybe in sincerity and even even the thoughts that we have sometimes are there because of the condition sinful condition that we're in we're separated from God we we can't see things we, we don't have his wisdom and God has to reveal them to us and so what about you today if you were to die right now do you know for sure you go to heaven are you spiritually free this morning I want to give an opportunity to receive Christ and just call on his name. Simple as that. Let's pray together. In the quietness of this moment, I, I would uh, encourage you to pray this prayer with me silently as I pray aloud. In doing so, you're receiving Christ as the new God of your life, as the Savior of your soul. Would you do that now? Lord God, I know that I'm not free. And I want to be free. And so, God, I call upon the name of Jesus. And I ask him to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. As I receive this, my new God, my new God, my new Lord, into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll look this way for just a moment. Um, before we uh, move on here and uh, have another song, I would just like to uh, 
invite you right now to take your card. We're going we're gonna to take up our offering this morning. And if you're our guest today, your offering today is just simply put the card in so we can get to know you, pray for you. And, uh, and so if you'll do that. But on the back of the card, where, whether you're a guest or not, on the back of the card, the upper right-hand corner, it says, my decision today, I've decided to surrender my life to Christ and begin a personal relationship with him. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you just put a check right there in that box? We'll make sure you get some literature that you need to take the next step to know next steps to know what to do to grow in the Christian experience and Christian life. And so put a little check right there. Make sure we have enough information on the front to get you that material. Place it in the offering plate uh, when it's passed, and that'll get things uh, started. Okay? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful time that we've had remembering what Jesus has done and then remembering what those who um, really know what that sacrifice is about. They identify with the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross because they've either done it or they know people in their family that have sacrificed for our country. And God, I pray uh, for their comfort during this time. And I pray, God, for our soldiers around the world that are still fighting for the freedom. But God, I pray right now as we receive the offering, I pray that you would bless those who give, continue to multiply what they have so they can be greater givers. And then, God, I pray uh, for these that have made a decision today. I pray, God, that you'd watch over them and love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find more sermons and other information at crosslifechurch.com.